Heavenly Father, we just come to you this morning in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for your invitation that we can come into your presence and we can come boldly. And Father, we do come this morning and we come boldly for our nation, for our state, for our county, Lord. You've seen how that we have been swept up in this virus, how thousands of people are dying. And Father, this morning I pray for our leadership on a national and a state and a local level. God, that you will protect them and keep them safe. God, give them the wisdom, Lord, that they need to deal with this this virus that has come and, and created havoc in our nation and in the world. Lord, I pray for our first responders. God, protect them, I ask. Be with them. Give them the equipment they need, Lord, and, and God, protect them. Keep them safe. Father, I pray for the people that who are sick. I just in the name of Jesus, Lord, speak healing to them. And I pray for the doctors and the nurses and the responders that care for them. God, protect them but and give them wisdom and and, and give them abilities over and above their natural abilities. I pray for the families that have lost loved ones, Lord. I pray for them. Father, I ask that you would comfort them, whether it would be with your angels, your ministering spirits, your Holy Spirit. Let them be comforted by, by, by believers who would have the words, only you have the words of peace and comfort, Lord. I pray for those who are working in, uh, in, in areas that are needed to keep our economy and our country functioning going forward. Protect them and keep them safe. Father, I pray for the people that come to Opheim Community Church. I just cover them by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Protect them and keep them safe from harm. And Lord, we're at a time where we're calving, Lord. And I thank you for good weather for calving. And Lord, let there be no losses. Lord, just let them be blessed in this calving season. And then, Lord, this morning as I share the message that I believe you've given us, Lord, I'd ask that you anoint my lips, that you would open the ears of the listeners so that they can be filled with understanding. As the psalmist said, open my ears that I might hear wondrous things from your word. Father, I'll thank you and give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. I recently read a book entitled 50 Reasons Why Jesus Came to Die. And while I won't try to cover all of the 50 reasons today, as we approach 
the time of year when we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus, I thought it would be interesting to explore just why would Jesus leave the magnificence and joy of heaven and come to this earth as a human being to experience all the suffering and trials and temptation of human life and then to endure the shame and the pain of the cross. And I'd like to start out this morning by reading two scriptures. First one is in Romans chapter 5, verse 7 and 8. Now most people would not be willing to die for an upright or good person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us well, we were still sinners. And then a very, very familiar scripture, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. I want to share with you three reasons why Jesus came to die. And the first one is very simple. It's embedded in these two scriptures. Jesus came to die to show the wealth of his heavenly Father's love for us. See, the measured value of something can be seen in, in what it costs to purchase that item. With that thought in mind, the measured value of God's love for us is shown by two things. One is the value of the sacrifice God gave in saving us from the penalty of our sin. And the other is the degree of unworthiness that we had when he saved us. Now let's take the first one. The value of the sacrifice God gave in saving us from the penalty of our sin. Well, we hear that value in John 3.16. God gave his only son. Some translations say his beloved son. That word beloved means greatly loved or, or dear to the heart. So God didn't just throw some sacrifice our way and, and hope it would satisfy the justice our sins demand. God not only gave his son, but his beloved son, the one that he greatly loved, the, the one that was dear to his heart. He gave him his payment for our sins. I don't understand it, but God must love us very, very much. And then we also hear the value of God's sacrifice in the word Christ, Jesus Christ. Christ is the name based on the Greek title Christos, or anointed one, or Messiah. Messiah is a term of, of great dignity. This son that God gave as payment for our sins was the Messiah. 
Jesus was not only to be the king of Israel, indeed, he's to be the king of the whole world, as Isaiah chapter 9 tells us. And so for payment for our sin, we were so valuable that God not only gave his only beloved son, but he gave the Messiah. And the measure of value of God's love for us increases still more when we consider our unworthiness. I didn't have anything of value that God needed when I took him up on his offer of salvation. When I made a profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I wasn't a drug addict or I wasn't down and out, but I didn't have anything of value. I mean, what, what would I have? I mean, God's got streets of gold. The walls in heaven are covered by jewels. And I didn't have any skill that God doesn't already possess. What could I offer him? And yet, God accepted me. Romans 5 and 7 through 8 said, Perhaps a good person... One would die, perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die for. But God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Listen, when we come to the Lord, we don't have anything to offer him that he doesn't already have. I like what First John 4.10 says, this is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. We deserved divine judgment and then punishment, not divine sacrifice. And when you add to all of this, that it was his beloved son, that he was the Messiah, our unworthiness, when you add to all of this, the horrific death by crucifixion that Christ endured, it becomes clear that the sacrifice the father and the son made was indescribably great. Justice by a righteous God, demanded penalty and payment for our sins. But God's love wanted grace and forgiveness. And in Christ, God's love found a way to meet the demands of justice for our sins. And so Christ came to die to show God's love for us. And, and in that process... Jesus also showed his own love for us. Ephesians 5 and 2 said, Christ loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us. Ephesians 5.25 tells us that Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Galatians 2.20, the Son of God loved me and gave himself for me. There should never be any doubt in anyone's mind that God loves them. Not based on anything we've done, 
anything we could do. It's God's nature to love. Why did Jesus come to die? Well, one reason Jesus came to die was to show the wealth of God's love for us. The second reason was to so that Jesus could show his own love for us. And this great love that God has for us and the sacrifice of his son opened up another reason why Jesus came to die. To give us confidence to come into his presence with boldness. Let me let me give you a a descriptive picture, if you will. I want you to picture the Old Testament place of worship. It was a tent called the tabernacle. It was 45 feet by 15 feet. And inside the tent was a large room called the outer court, or the holy place. And then... There was, inside that large room, there was a smaller curtained-off room that separated the outer court from that inner room, and that was called the Holy of Holies. And only the high priest could go once a year into the most holy place where the glory of God appears. We see this in Hebrews chapter 9. It was here inside the Holy of Holies that the high priest made the sacrifices for the sins of the people. That was their place of worship. But there was a problem with this. See, the blood of bulls and goats couldn't take away sin. And every year there was a reminder of those sins. And so man because of his sin and his inability to pay the price for his sin, had at best a marginal relationship with God. That would, that relationship, except for special occasions or situations like an Elijah or an Elisha or a King David, was based upon the high priest going into the holies of holies for the people. Man's relationship with God was tenuous at best. It was because of his sin and God's holiness, God and man were separated. By this curtain. Now, I want to read the closing moments of Jesus' time on the cross. And I'm... I want you to keep that picture in your mind of that tabernacle and that inner room with the curtain on it and only the high priest could go in there once a year. And in Matthew chapter 27, here's the closing moments of Jesus' time on the cross. Now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness over the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthan, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of those who stood there, when they heard that, said, This man is calling for Elijah. 
Immediately one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and offered it to him to drink. The rest said, Let him alone. Let us see if Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Then, behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth quaked and the rocks were split. And the graves were opened and the bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. So when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that had happened, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. Now I want to go back to verse 51. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. What did this mean? Well, we find the answer in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 and 20. There, the writer of the Hebrews says this, So, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. The Passion Translation says it like this, because of the blood of Jesus. Jesus welcomes us to come right into the most holy sanctuary in the heavenly realm, boldly with no hesitation. For Jesus has dedicated a new life-giving way for us to approach God. Not much I can add to this verse of Scripture. Doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. Jesus' death has provided a way that you can approach the Father God and get forgiveness for your sins and get the answers to your prayer and find help when you need it. This is why the drug addict so full of, of drugs that life is no longer real to him, when he calls out, is instantly made whole and never suffers withdrawal. This is why the manic depressant who has life as no hope and, and, and has thoughts of suicide can cry out to the Lord and finds peace and life worth living. This is why the housewife whose marriage maybe is on the rocks or whose uh, children are, are making wrong decisions and heading the wrong way can call out to God. and God comes on the scene and changes that marriage or changes the life of those children. Or the businessman or the farmer or the rancher who's about to go belly up and doesn't know what to do and, and how to deal with it. Can come into the very presence of God through prayer.
and find help. Find a way out of the situation that looked hopeless. The writer of the book of Hebrews in chapter 4 put it this way, Therefore, whenever there's a therefore in the Bible, we want to look and see what it's there for. Therefore, because Jesus... The blood of Jesus has made a new way that we don't have to wait for a high priest to go in or we can come boldly into the presence of God. Therefore, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. If we will but use it. We have open access into the presence of God the Father, free and clear. Our sins demanded justice and payment. God found a way to meet that justice and that payment through the sacrifice of His Son. Why did Jesus come to die? Well, here's three good reasons. To show God's great love for us. Jesus could show his great love for us. And to give us confidence to come into his presence with boldness. Heavenly Father, I don't understand your love for us. I haven't understood it for 47 years, but I know it's real. I know that you love us. You love us unconditionally. And I want to thank you for that. I thank you that when it was necessary to make payment for our sin. You didn't just throw at us something and hope that it worked, but you out of your love gave us the son you loved to make payment for our sin. And I don't understand why we're so precious to you, but I thank you for that. I thank you. There may be people listening today, Lord, who are striving with problems. But God, in your great love, you've opened the door and said, come on. Come and make your requests known. The Apostle Paul to the church at Philippians said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. We can come to you boldly this morning. We might be addicted. We might be in a marriage, a relationship that's, that's not good. We might be struggling financially. I don't know what it is. But I know that through your great love, You've opened the door if we'll come. You said, call to me and I'll answer you and show you great and 
mighty things which you've never seen. Thank you that you love us. Thank you. In Jesus' name we ask this. Amen.